Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in a new age of humanity. Homo spiritus is what we call it, by practicing dancing with the one thing that we as individuals and as communities and as countries have yet to try en masse. That one thing is the connection to the higher self part of our true self anatomy that people call by various different names. And we encourage you to call by whatever name works for you. Uh, we often use the, the word source or higher wisdom or uh, spirit um, and sometimes other terms than that, higher self. Um, but use what works for you. Our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to taught connection, the one thing connection, day in and day out as our first step in dealing with life problems rather than viewing life problems as things we can solve separately from taught. And in this episode, we are covering spiritual resilience, why resilience remains limited without the one thing. So we're going to be offering you some important framing and tips for up-leveling your spiritual resilience. Perfect. And so what about if we start with the definition, like the dictionary definition of resilience, just so we're all starting from the same page. So there's a few different um, angles to it. And so the first one is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And the second is the ability of a substance or object or person to spring back into shape. Right, and keep that in mind because we'll, we'll be talking about keeping our field full and that's the shape that we're considering here. The other is um, uh, more uh, definitions, if you will, is a toughness, but that doesn't mean a toughness like, you know, like a rough edged. It just means like a fortitude. I, I think I would say it that way. So a fortitude, a flexibility, a durability, a sturdiness, a strength of character and the ability to bounce back. So we're calling that bounce back ability. <laughs> and that's really probably the, the best way to think about resilience. And it's a muscle to build just like everything else. Indeed, for sure. So spiritual resilience as we envision it is about using our connection with the one thing, with whatever you call the one thing, to stay centered and recover quickly from the unexpected, the undesired, and even the unacceptable, instead of going down the tubes into emotional, verbal, or behavioral chaos, fear, gridlock, or attack. Exactly. Those are those are quicksand places that we can find ourselves caught in, aren't they? And, and we're both of the opinion, it, it's more than an opinion, it's a knowing, it's a deep inner knowing that spiritual resilience can only really be cultivated by way of our connection to the one thing. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so, um, and the ease with which one is susceptible to uh, like being disconnected from resilience or have, you know, ha not having access to res their reserves or feeling resourced and feeling then becoming weary, weak and doubtful is pretty much assured when we're disconnected from the one thing. So we can think about the one thing in this case of feeling resourced and feeling um, resilient, you know, and feeling like we have reserves is that when we're connected to nature, of which we are an extension of, then there is 
ample resources in most places in the world, right? Obviously, there are there are things that are changing and being redistributed and that kind of thing. And it's actually one of the things I feel very um, strongly about is that when I am resourced and when I have the uh, capacity to build resilience, then I do that for myself and for the collective. I, you know, I know that when I'm doing it for myself, I'm putting energy into the collective for those who need it, who can't quite do the work that we can do when we're in a peaceful place, they can have a, an easier access to it. So in, in, um, in our connection to the one thing, even when things don't make sense to our human mind, to our lower human mind, when we stay connected to the one thing, um, it, we, we are shown our next step. We are given a, a sliver of understanding or you know, even sometimes more than a sliver. Uh, I just say it that way because I don't always get big, huge chunks of understanding. I, I get um, small and, and no, it's not, that's not true. Sometimes big, huge chunks of understandings drop in, but it's usually the next piece and or the next step or the next um, portion of understanding. And that really can only drop in when I'm connected to the one thing. And there's also a, uh, it's called the, the uh, peace that passeth understanding. When we're connected to the one thing, we, we have this knowing. It, it's like a, a centered knowing, a, a still point of just trusting that things are going to be okay, even though it looks a little um, left of center or wobbly or whatever word you would put to that in the, the current situation. Um, it, we know it's going to be okay. And, and when Lori very, says left of center, she's not talking politics. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm talking about, you know, not being on the bullseye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when things are off track, let me say it that way. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, yeah. We just, there's a higher truth that's always, always, always available to any one of us when we're connected to the one thing and the bigger picture gets revealed in the process. And this strengthens our inner countenance, our resilience, our, our, um, our sense of being resourced and it actually builds love in in our in every particle of our being right and so what's important about this to me is that i can only be so resilient if i'm trying to do that in a state in which i'm feeling separated from higher love higher wisdom source whatever you're calling that one the one thing if I'm trying to be resilient on my own, I can only go so far. <clears throat> but when I tap into those more vast resources for replenishing and recentering me, that level of resilience, that spiritual level of resilience is a state of, of um, just immeasurable abundance. And so that kind of spiritual resilience is what what fuels our bounce back ability yeah perfect perfect so remember in our definition we talked about a person being able to spring back into shape as an element of resilience well our fields so we have this space around our physical body that if you were to put your arms directly out to your side at your fingertips and then you kind of spun your arms around like a windmill at your fingertips, there's this oval shape all around you that's considered and seen actually in Karelian type or magnetic resonance type photography. 
it's a field that that exists around us when we're disconnected that field tends to be collapsed and when we're connected and when we're connected and especially tending our field to be full which we'll talk about here in just a moment then it looks very very different um, to one who sees or to you know that type of photography that can pick up uh, you know magnetic field stuff I, the best way I have to offer uh, a visual to someone who isn't really maybe necessarily practiced at keeping their field full is a hot air balloon in the air. So we've all probably seen hot air balloons. You know, they're so gorgeous, kind of just moving over a, a canyon or a field or over the ocean or, you know, they're just lovely and they're colorful. And so if you think about the fullness of, of a hot air balloon, that's what it would look like if your field were full, because we actually can call in various colors. There's 12 primary rays of light and we can, we can call in any or all of them into our field. But now if you imagine that hot air balloon, that material, and, it, and it's just collapsed on the ground and it's no longer filled, right, then it's it's just a pile of material and our own fields, believe it or not, can get that collapsed. And that is where we have almost no resources. We feel very weary, exhausted, and we don't have uh, access to resilience. So um, it, it's just really important to know that. And when you're calling in life force or light or uh, divine love or source or nature, whatever, your word for addressing the one thing. Uh, I I happen to like like to see it as light because then I feel like I'm working with something tangible. Um, I call it in through the top of my head to fill my entire body and then to overflow, even pushing through my pores because interestingly enough that like our skin is the barrier between the physical and the non-physical between spirit and matter, if you will. So when we have this uh, flexibility in our skin and this freedom of movement between, um, you know, matter and spirit, then, you know, we have a really good relationship with our field and with the one thing. So it's a practice to, uh, to fill yourself with light and then to fill your field with light. And I highly recommend <laughs> that you practice that on the regular. I don't know if I've said this before in our podcast, but I use the time that I go to the bathroom all day long because I drink a lot of tea. So that's just one way I know that I will regularly keep my field open because I could, we, any one of us could fill our field beautifully, get a phone call, and in two minutes our field can be collapsed. So I just know. <laughs> Right? Like, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we all have. And so um, I just know that if I go to the bathroom a lot and every time I go to the bathroom, I just do a quick field filling exercise, um, then there's less and less time between my field being collapsed. And that, that tends to um, make me feel like I have access to resilience. Mm. Yeah, marvelous, wonderful, wonderful framings, I think, and, uh, and suggestions for everyone. Uh, I, I love it. <laughs> and I, I also am very, very strongly of the opinion, and I believe you are as well, that during times like we're in the midst of right now in 2022, as we're recording this, uh, that uh, are times of ongoing upheavals out in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, really hard to make ourselves fully immune to what's going on in the disruption in the collective of humanity. Mm 
And so during these times of ongoing upheavals, it's even more apparent, it's even more important that we tend to this connection, this tat connection, and tend to and, and continually fuel our spiritual level of resilience. And, and that's not, like Lori said, that's not a, a one-time thing. This, this tending, this refueling, this replenishing our spiritual resilience is something that, especially, like I said, in times of upheaval, needs to happen all day long, every day, Absolutely. every day, all day long. Absolutely. It's wonderful to have a morning meditation or ritual or, you know, prayer time or however you might set your day up in the morning. But it's vital, you know, they say in yoga, take it off the mat. So you could go to yoga class in the morning, but you have to take that energy off the mat and weave it into your day. And that's what I think David is saying is, please, you know, realize the how important this is. And one of the reasons that I am devoted to this is because I know that when I tend to this, it it strengthens the weave in the collective of humanity, right? Like it's if I don't do this, then what do I have to contribute to the to the soup of consciousness, so to speak? It it will only be my weakness, and it will probably be some sort of fear and doubt and worry and you know any other ingredients such as that. And I'm I'm just not willing to make that contribution to the to the soup i want my contribution to the soup to be you know just like if we were making a real soup right we would want the right spices we don't want the wrong spices <laughs> and then that strengthens the tapestry and the weave that is the fabric of love of the universe and um and and i believe we each have a part to play in that everyone each of us have our own strands and um when when we think about the tap, the, the fabric of love, this is what our heart yearns for. This is the, um, the, the capacity to choose peace over war, the capacity to do, choose kindness over hate. I mean, there's, a, there's any number of things we could point to in today's time, as David said, said 2022, where we're, when we're taping this, where we would much rather ha- have things be better. And, uh, and it's each, each of our job to contribute to that weave to make things better. Mm-hmm. And the before we get to takeaways, the, the one thing that I feel a sense of importance about adding is that not often enough in discussions about resilience do I hear baggage tied into resilience capability. The more baggage we're carrying, the more trauma, unresolved trauma that we are trying to live with and cope through, the harder it is to, re, to remain resilient, um, the, the harder it is to high, have high levels of resilience. And this is, this is a, a very important thing to tend to because resilience is also our dedication to recognizing if we have baggage, that is triggering us or taking us away from resilience, making us brittle and inflexible in the moment, it's crucial that we not shame ourselves ever for it, but to recognize when that's the case or if that's the case and to care enough about ourselves and around about the, uh, the world around us to heal 
that trauma, to, to clear away that baggage so that we keep optimizing and up-leveling our resilience because uh, this, you know, uh, and any amount of willpower that we try to use in the presence of baggage is going to last two minutes and then we'll be right back into the soup again. So in, in attending to that, harvesting that you've heard us talk about in other episodes is something that's very important uh, in, uh, in activating our ability to turn undesired, uh, unexpected, and even unacceptable life experiences into something that, that fuels and elevates our spirit and our empowerment and our resilience. So we've talked about harvesting in the context of forgiveness in a prior episode and in some other episodes as well. We want to tie harvesting, or I want to tie harvesting into resilience as well. Our dedication to finding the gold in the unexpected, undesirable, uh, undesired, and even unacceptable that are happening in our life, in the lives of those we care about, and in the world. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. Like, you know, this is the healing path, right? This is called, this is what I would call what David just described. It, it, it's a healing journey. We want peace. We want to cultivate resilience. There's like a boulder in the road. We tend to the boulder. We release that trauma. We, um, you know, we do the healing of that emotional tangle, whatever we want to call it. And we get to go keep going on the road over the, you know, past the boulder because we've just sort of alchemized that energy. And, and now we're going to claim it as resilience. We're going to claim it as forgiveness. We're going to claim it as peace. Um, you know, we're going to claim it as devotion, whatever, whatever you want to use that energy for that's of a higher nature. Um, and it's okay if we don't yet know what the world is supposed to look like, but we know each one of us, we have specific feelings that we know we want to have more more often than not we definitely want to have more kindness than hate you know that's an easy one we definitely want to have more peace than chaos that that's another easy one that probably most of us who would be listening anyway to this you know that's an easy reach even if we don't know what the you know what the full picture is going to be it's our job to hold that energy until we walk ourselves into the picture in a co-creative dance with the one thing <laughs> that's kind of the point <laughs> so yeah so let's just give you um a handful of little of takeaways that you can practice with the one that we already went through which is the, the practice of filling your field um if you're not sure how to call in light that you see even your intention whether you see it or not it does take a little bit of practice if you're not one who sees things to practice visioning things but your intention that your your being your physical being and your field be filled with you can just start with a white light or a golden light those are two very neutral well not neutral but they're very uh, a kind of across the board lights that you can that you can play with all purpose all purpose that's the word yeah yeah so uh, we we're inviting you to practice that yeah pick whatever things you can do as associations throughout the day and just do it. <laughs> That's the key is you have to do it. And notice it, it won't be like a big old waterfall pouring forward, pouring to you, but it will be these subtle noticings of 
strength and fortitude and resilience to use the word of our topic for this this episode mm -hmm. and the the second takeaway is about everyday harvesting practice so what i mean by everyday is that uh, sometimes we carry trauma that we really need support in clearing out like there have been times in my life when i have been in psychotherapy in order to clear out some layers of of old baggage old trauma that i wasn't able to clear out on my own so there's that piece when we have a bigger piece that we need some assistance with and i happen to be biased toward things like energy psychology methods and emdr if you're familiar with that eye movement reprocess uh, uh, eye movement my gosh i just i just yeah, blanked EMDR, uh, uh, desensitization and reprocessing um and uh, so that's EMDR, uh, energy psychology methods. These are wonderful, wonderful methods. Even they're, they're experimenting now with, with hallucinogens, low-dose hallucinogens, as a way of clearing out baggage from trauma in, an, in a durable kind of way. Uh, so what I want to share with you as a takeaway is not that kind of deeper assisted surgery, but harvesting practice on a day-to-day -day level when you're able to do it. And the harvesting practice in a day-to-day -day kind of way basically has two steps to it as, as I do it at least. The first step is a surrender step. And that surrender step is where I remind myself about whatever situation that I'm feeling less than resilient in uh, or that I'm feeling triggered by my surrender step is I remind myself, I don't know what this is for, and I don't know my own best interests. Or if I'm vicariously traumatized, uh, you know, where I'm watching some external situation, uh, any, any, uh, an event or a person who's suffering, I don't know their best interests. I don't know what this is for. I don't know my own best interests or I don't know their best interests. That's the, that's the surrender step in a day-to-day, in-the-moment harvesting practice, which is followed by a tot step, a, 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 a the one thing kind of step, which is after surrendering, opening up in humility and asking higher love and wisdom, show me what this is for. Show me what this is for in the realm of higher love and higher wisdom. Show me how to see this through the eyes of higher love and higher wisdom so that we can then uh, harvest gold from suffering in a, day, in a daily practice kind of way when the suffering is not so great that we need external assistance with it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it sounds like the difference between uh, keeping the house clean a little bit every day versus a deep cleaning. <laughs> Something like that. It, it is easier to keep the house clean than let it all pile up. Mm -hmm. and, our, and our house, I mean, oftentimes our, our mind, body and spirit is considered like our house, you know, the house of our, our, our uh, temple, I guess is the way to say it. So, um, that those are so good. Uh, and I would also add to that list of uh, energy psychology, I would add a creative health process, which is uh, such a great way to move energy to transform to release trauma, 
to heal. Um, you know, maybe we should leave a link for uh, some information on that. On creative healing and creative health, yes. Yeah, sure. it's it's actually being uh, researched for a while now to be understood to be as effective as meditation and even in different ways, uh, even more so, but it activates and it um, causes the same outcome as, as meditation, like lower cortisol, healing, you know, calmer, um, faster recovery, faster um, me medical healing, if, if someone has something they're recovering from, like a surgery. So it's, it's yes. important. Go ahead. And, and I just want our listeners to know that this is something that you're trained and certified in. You, Absolutely. you really have deep dive, uh, broad and deep expertise in this. Yeah, and this is why I can say this because I've watched it for years, not only in myself, but in, in others. And it's and it's pretty magical, if I can use that word, not to be dramatic, but it it kind of is, you know. We're, um, we, humanity used to sort of be uh, held captive in, in the in the energetic signature of suffering. And we're now in a new a new energetic signature, which is ease and grace. And so doing something like a creative uh, process is is right under that umbrella of ease and grace. <laughs> and I, I'm going to piggyback on that because you're saying something really powerful here about us being uh, emerging into ease and grace. And this has to do hugely with spiritual resilience, because if we get caught up in things going on in the world that look like the opposite of ease and grace, we're not going to be in, a, in an empowered state inwardly or outwardly. So when we're noticing things going on in the world that seem like the opposite of ease and grace, the reminder for all of us is to reconnect with the one thing because our internal state of ease and grace that we can bring through us can enable us to deal with those external situations far more effectively than if we get sucked into the appearance of lack of ease and grace in those external situations. Yes, absolutely. Not only do we have the resilience to do, to do what David just said, but we also, it's a gift to those who are otherwise wildly distracted and just surviving. So yes. um, I, I find that to be one of my big motivators because I feel like if I have the capacity and I have the spaciousness in my life to do it, then it's my job to do it, right? For, for, for my brothers and sisters on the planet. So um, where were we? Oh yeah, so just, oh, I, I know one thing we were gonna have you consider is um, note, notice the places in your life where you already feel resilient you know, maybe you feel resilient in, in the ways you interface with your coworkers or your projects that you do at work or your business, you know, the running of your business. Um, and, and try to tap into what that resilience feels like. So you have a, a, you're activating the memory of resilience in other places in your life. You can, you can use that as a template and carry it into other places in your life, especially when your mind says, oh yeah, you're weak here. It's like, well, yeah, but we know resilience. And so we're just going to bring that template over here and we're going to practice it in this, you know, arena of, of life that could use a little bit of an upgrade in resilience, if you will. And don't let your human mind make exceptions for where you are or are not 
being resilient, right? Like you, you get to say, David mentioned the, uh, what, I think you said using our will, we can't strong arm. Yeah, mis misusing willpower. Yeah. I have come to understand that the best use of my willpower, my will is to make the connection to the one thing so that I know exactly what to do in the next breath, you know, or not do, or how, how what's important to, you know, to higher energy in the next breath. That's the best use of our will. Strong arming ourselves to do things that, that doesn't, work and how do we know because we've been doing it for eons and it hasn't worked and it hasn't worked so this is this is the best uh, data we have yeah <laughs> anyway um and know that resilience loves to well first of all is happy to be built like a muscle um but it loves to be nourished um you know your spirit knows what nourishes your resilience uh beauty is a is a beautiful way to nourish your spirit and your resilience even in troubled times you know there's always people who will pluck out like the one splash of color of a flower in a war-torn area or something like that and and everyone it's like it just cracks our heart open when we see those kinds of photographs or paintings or you know and anything that's being uh, given us from another part of the world and even in our own backyard right like literally and figuratively so um beauty is the extension or the expression of love if if you must know and <laughs> we're going to do an episode on beauty so since the entire fabric of the universe is love and that means us each of us too because we're an extension of that energy uh, the nourishment with beauty is profound so seek it out and know that that will um help build your resilience muscle mm -hmm. okay so uh anything else before we talk about our teaser i think you should lay it on them what lay what are we going to do in our next episode okay we're our next episode we feel is appropriate to the times which is conspiracy conspiracy theories and the one thing that's like a Sally sold seashells at the seashore kind of thing. <laughs> Tongue twister. Conspiracy theories and the one thing. So join us next time because that ought to be a very juicy segment. And until then, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can keep living more and more fully as homo spiritus. And thank you for being with us.